God is in control. God is in control. Peace is possible. In your heart, in your mind. Peace, be still. Accept the peace that only God can give you. We are a congregation of believers in God's word, not in what's happening out there. I'm telling you, greater is he that's on the inside of you than what's out there. And if you're not careful, you'll allow yourself to go down a road that is not going to lead you to a place of victory in your life. Pastor Barr, it just keeps ringing in my ear. Several weeks ago, she said, many people during these difficult times are going to say and do things that they're ultimately going to regret. Because when things are difficult, that's when we rise up as men and women of God, understanding who we are in Jesus Christ, and know that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And you know what? Maybe some of you have done and said things in the difficult time. Now's the time to get those things right. Maybe someone has done something to you or said something to you out of the difficulties of what has occurred. It's time to get things right. Reach out to that person. Forgive that person. Move on from those places. Maybe they'll be with you. Maybe they won't. But at the end of the day, make sure that you're operating in peace. Because peace operates beyond your understanding. And we all need to maintain peace in our lives. It has nothing to do with my message. Well, I guess a little bit, but I wanted to make sure I did that. I could just sense in the room just a lot of uh, uh, shaking. And shaking uh, can either prove you and make you stronger or it can cause you to crumble. And then you get to start over. Praise the Lord. But starting over with Christ is a brand new place as well. Amen. All right. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about a new covenant. Some of you don't know that you're operating as a Christian in a new covenant. So I want to walk you through some of the covenants that God put in place in the Torah or the Old Testament and that they were only unique. I want you to understand this. A lot of people don't know this because you'll quote something out of the Torah or the Old Testament not realizing that at the time that was written, you were not qualified to receive that promise. You were a pagan. Yeah, you were. You were a pagan. That's what you're, you're either Israel or other. And there were very strong distinctions there. The only people God cared about was Israel. But what I want you to understand is, is it, God had to orchestrate many different covenants through his sovereign power, right? It's not about uh, what the man could do or the woman could do to, to make this thing happen. It was more about the sovereign power of God that says, I need to give them a path to follow which will ultimately lead them to the new covenant which is found in Jesus Christ and what he accomplished. And we'll talk about that later. But I want you to understand before we get into this what these other covenants were. In Genesis chapter 9, we know about Noah, right? Well, there's a Noahic covenant. There's a covenant that God made with Noah. And listen, what God was looking for was to get rid of all the evil so that he could build a firm foundation in which he could build the kingdom of God. 
And that was by his sovereignty. Well, this doesn't make any sense. All these other people are going to die and all this stuff. And it's, oh, my goodness, and whatever. But listen, I promise you this much, and I didn't share this in the first service, but I'm going to make sure I do in this service, that every one of you are going to have to come to that place in your life, the Noahic Covenant, where it's like, man, i got to get a right foundation for my life. And we're gonna, it's going to lead you to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right where you stand, right where you are, all of these covenants that I'm going to read for you and describe for you, I want you to understand that they were necessary to be a foreshadow of what would yet to be revealed in a brand new covenant. So right here you see every person is going to have that Noahic experience in their life. You will come to the end of yourself. And when you do, you need to give it all to Christ. You need to have a firm foundation in which to build your life. In Genesis chapter 12 and chapter 15, it talks about the Abrahamic covenant. We all know Abraham, right? Father Abraham. Well, he wasn't your father. He was Israel's father. I promise you, if you were walking around back in those days, he was not Father Abraham to you. You were an outcast. You had no opportunity. And you think, oh, man, Pastor Paul, why do you keep talking that way? Because I'm going to get to the good stuff. I'm going to get you to where you need to be even in this hour, even in your life. Because some of you are living from these old covenants. And listen, you're never going to have enough faith. Abraham, Abraham was the father of faith. You still need God. You still, even with all the faith that you could ever muster up, Without Christ, you are still under the influence of sin in your life. You still have something so missing in your life. And it's only by God's sovereign power or covenant or promise that he can make that a reality in your life. So we know Abraham, we talked to him about, you know, the people and the descendants and the, you know, all this stuff that was going to come out of him and the inheritance that he was going to have. But also in that Abrahamic covenant was when the first distinctions were really made, the lines drawn in the sand, it's Israel and other. Do I have anybody in here who is uh, uh, from Israel or you, you are an Israelite? Pastor Barb's got like a little smidge. See, we're all a bunch of mutts in here if we're really true, you know, going to tell the truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My, I have many forks in my <laughs> lineage. Um, but listen, we don't have any people who are Israelites in this room. So without Christ, you would have no opportunity to serve God. 2 Samuel, it talks about, uh, chapter 10, talks about the Davidic covenant, David, right? We all know King David. And God uses David to rule over the tribes of God's people and defeat 
the pagans. That's what he did. He destroyed the ites. What I find fascinating, and you've always got to keep in context, whenever you're reading the Old Testament, it is a foreshadow of what God is going to do in the New, okay? And there's only one other thing I would qualify that with. There's the Old Testament. There's the Jesus Testament where he just, it's about Jesus. And then there's the New Testament after that. So you've always got to remember that whatever we're going to read in that Old Testament is got to reveal Christ, the new covenant that was going to come. But what's interesting is of those ites, there were seven ites. What does the number seven tell us? Completion. So here you have seven groups of pagans and yet they were complete in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Are you following me here? And I'm telling you, boy, if we went through the Genesis and all these different covenants, I could show you so much revelation in there on how that was structured to reveal Jesus. You're going from a natural experience into a supernatural experience. Jesus came in grace and truth. He didn't come in truth. He was the truth. The most radical message that has ever reached the world is the message of grace and truth. Some of you are still just trying to operate through a religious experience through going to church and doing good things and, and you know, believing what God's Word says. And I love all that stuff. It's, it's a great place to get you from where you are into really where I'm going to take you this morning. But what I'm here to tell you is you've got to understand the distinctions between the natural and the supernatural. Otherwise, all of the benefits of the new covenant can't really operate in your life. Because it's all about what you can do and how much better you can be. And then, you know, going and getting to your, your well, I shouldn't go that far. Praise the Lord. Lord forgive me. There, let's just put it this way. There's many sources out there that could help a person. But it's the word of God and the covenant that God has made with mankind that is so supernatural. And it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you the way your excuses. It's going to cost you your old way of thinking. It's going to cost you what you're going to have to get up and do every day. It's going to cost you everything. Because I promise you, it's not about the money or the things. The money and the things are just the representation of what you've been thinking, what you've been believing, and what you've been doing. But all of that is going to get undone. All of that has to be, you have to let go. Again, going back to the Noahic covenant, i got to erase it all, and i got to start for a good foundation. Going back to the Abrahamic covenant, I need to do everything I'm going to do by my faith. Not what I see. Going into the Mosaic Covenant in Exodus, it's not about the law anymore and a list of rules. Some of you are still stuck there. 
you're still stuck, and then that hurts you, and then that you know perpetuates different problems in your life, and so on and so forth. God has eliminated, and I'm going to show you that by Scripture, has eliminated those concepts and those ideas. Now, is this a license to go out and live some kind of a heathen life? No, because you're de-identifying yourself as a pagan, and you're identifying yourself as I'm a man or a woman of God through Christ. You see the difference there? You're no longer the pagan. You've got to erase that. You've got to get rid of that. You no longer can identify with something that God has healed you of. You've been freed. Now, some of you, the lights are coming on. Praise the Lord. It's like, whoa, wait a second here. Wow, I'm not that anymore. And Yeah, God did that for me. And like, But what we need to do is operate as if that's true. I got one amen on that one. Because that's where the rubber meets the road, man. Jesus has already done it. He's already accomplished it. It's already a finished work. All we need to do is walk in that. How? Not by how I feel, not by what I see, but by my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I have a brand new covenant with him. Praise the Lord. I'm no longer on the outside as a pagan. Praise the Lord. I'm now a child of God just like the Israelites were. The difference is, is that the Israelites were the foreshadow. So it had to become a structure in which people could get unified around to reveal this new covenant I'm going to talk to you about. But how many people know God did not, Jesus did not come for a country. He came for the world. The world. You're not a reject. You're, you're, you're not, you know, somebody on the outside that's looking in. No. The, the same rights now, and boy, if, if you are Jewish in here and you didn't raise your hand, I know I'm going to get under your skin on this, but I'm going to read you some scripture that really reveals this. But what I want you to know is that you, the heathen, you, the pagan, have the same rights as Israel had in the day. And if there is one, two, three covenants, then there can be four. And there is a better covenant than even the one of Jesus because someday we're going to actually go to heaven. Like, that's a whole nother, like, whoa, God, like, oh, my gosh, like, what an idiot I was. I used to think this way. I used to believe this way. And you come into the presence of God for the very first time. You cross that finish line, man, I tell you, you are going to, you're going to get a download like you never got. You talk about revelation, I mean like, whoa. You got to remember, eternity's forever, man. It's forever. I don't know what God has in store for us in the forever beyond the forever, forever, forever part. You ain't going to be some chubby angel up there with a little bow and arrow. Hallelujah. Ding. No, God's going to have purpose for you. Listen, you, you got to realize, Adam, when he was created, he was in, in Eve. They were super beings. They knew God like we're going to know God when we get into heaven. Like, they're walking around going, this is, I mean, I know everything. I, 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 I possess everything. I, I, God's governed me with everything. I mean, like, like, that's the mindset that God's trying to lead us to. 
But if we're not careful, we'll say, well, you know, well, I said it in the first say, um, uh, service. I'll say it again. God could get Israel out of Egypt, walked them out, showed them miracles and signs and wonders unlike they had ever seen. And yet he couldn't get the Egypt out of them. I wonder in our modern church today how much of the old pagan is still alive and well. He's delivered you. He's given you freedom. He, I mean, he's, he's opened the gates. He, I mean, he's open. I mean, come and get all you can and can all you get. There's no limit to what you can receive to this new covenant. And yet we operate in a very linear way, a very natural way in many cases. And we don't open ourselves up to the supernatural power of the new covenant of God. That hits you right where you're at, doesn't it? All the problems, all the circumstances, all of the upside-downness of the world right now, all the things that don't make sense, and yet God's, in God's sovereignty, all-powerful nature, everywhere, all the time, all the time, never going to leave you, never going to forsake you, we choose something less. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes it takes a man or a woman of God to stand up in front of you and tell you the truth, remind you of how incredible it is that you as a pagan are now adopted into the family of God. Everything you touch, blessed of God. Every place you put your feet, it's mine. Praise the Lord. I'm no longer operating in and of myself. It's no longer me who lives. It's the Christ who lives within me. It costs you everything, but you gain it all, every bit of that covenant. And now the cares of the world are there, and you know what? All I can tell you is it's because it's no longer me, it's Christ that lives within me. I am now operating in the supernatural, maybe not always consciously, but I'm telling you, it is still happening out of me. It still happens out of you. And so now you're operating in kingdom dynamics rather than worldly dynamics. Does that make sense to everybody? You need the new covenant in order to do this. I'm not going to read Jeremiah because it's long and and, but it talks about how uh, God prophesied that there would be another covenant, a brand new thing that he would do. And he's talking about Jesus. And one of the scriptures, it says, and you don't need to put this up. I'll just read it real quick. It says, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me from the pagan to the priest. Everybody will know me, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Whoa, like he's talking about something big is about to happen here, because I promise you, Israel had a real problem still, an unsolved problem. What do I do with my sins? How do I get 
forgiven. And I know they had a priest. They'd go into the holy holies and the whole thing. But here's the deal, guys. That priest had to wear a rope around his ankle. Because if he wasn't ready, he would die in the presence of God. And they had a rope that they could pull the guy out. So there would be no recompense for those sins. There's a real problem. And it had to be solved. Hebrews 8, 1 through 7, it says, here is the main point. So he's already written, what, seven chapters in this book. Labored hard to get it all in writing. But he says, wait a second here. Here's what I really want you to know. We have a high priest who sat down in place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle. The tabernacle was only a natural form of what was already in heaven. The true place of worship that was built not by hands of man, but by the Lord himself. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. And you see, he's bringing that offering before the Father continually. The blood that he shed is the blood, only blood that's ever going to release you from the influence of sin. You see, it's not going to stop you from sinning. It's not going to stop you from sinning. I still sin. <gasps> oh, Lord. I know it's hard for you all to believe. You've probably seen my photo of me standing on water, which if you haven't, I'll send it to you. My wife took the picture, so hallelujah. But it says, and since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest, Jesus, has made an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest, since they already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law. We're going to get into that in a second. They serve a system of worship that's only a copy of the original. A shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build a tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on this mountain. But now Jesus, our high priest, hallelujah, you are a pagan. And now he has become your high priest. Not because of your works, but because of the sovereign works of God. And you have been, and, and he has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. If the first covenant or the first covenants, the, 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 the uh, um, Judaic covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. Now you think, well, wait, no, there was one, two, three, four covenants. you got to grab this by revelation here. We turned a brand new page. We turned a brand new page. And so what you have to understand is, is that there is no longer the old covenant. 
the old covenant is actually engrafted in because it was made by God's pattern and so on and so forth, by his sovereign nature. So you can still claim all of the benefits of the covenants, but you have to understand it's all wrapped up in one now. It's a brand new covenant. The old covenant, gone. The new covenant, in place. And the greatest part about the new covenant, it's no longer a natural thing. It's no longer a a photocopy of the original. You are now walking in the divine nature of the supernatural power of God. You got to awaken to this, guys. Somewhere in your life, your Christian walk, you just got to draw the line in the sand. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what my circumstances look like. I'm not going to be in the pattern of this world anymore. I've been liberated by a brand new covenant. Behold, all things have become new in my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the anointing of God that rests upon my life, goodness and mercy are going to follow me everywhere that I go. Difficulty comes, guys. It's going to come. It's going to knock at your door. It's going to want to push in. The question is, is who will you become knowing that you have a brand new covenant with God? Your high priest is Jesus, continually making sacrifices for you. Who do you become now? It's important that we don't allow what's out there to influence negatively what's in here. You're called to allow what's in here to positively influence what's out there. I promise you this much. Everything that's out there is subject to change. It'd be here today and gone tomorrow. But praise the Lord, the stuff you put in here The truth that makes you free, nobody can take it away. I loved how Jesus did it, man. He stood before the king. He was threatening his life. And he says, hey, I'm going to take your life if you don't get things right. And he says, listen, you could tear this temple down, and in three days I'll build it just the way you see it. Because he was, and he wasn't talking about the temple he was standing in. He was talking about the internal equity that he had because of a better covenant that he was about to to reveal man alive i'll tell you we have so much in the kingdom of god we have to be careful we don't allow the cares of this world to influence us jesus said my kingdom come my will be done on earth as it is in heaven you are the righteousness of god in christ jesus when you are operating in the covenant you're operating in the in the supernatural and you are influencing this world for the glory of god He needs you. You're his partner. You're his child. He's created you for purpose. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. But it also goes down and it says, in in verse 13 of of, uh, Hebrews 8, because in the middle it it reveals Jeremiah and the prophecy. So he, he reads that whole thing. But it says, when God speaks of a new covenant, It means he has made the first one, what does that say? He's now made the natural 
obsolete. Go build another temple. Go do all the little things. Go get your, your priestly robes on. And, and go do all the stuff that you can do. It ain't going to be enough because you still have a sinful nature that needs to be restored. It's not now. <laughs> it is now out of date and soon will appear. How many people have ever had a computer and you needed to do the update? What happens when you don't do the update? Computer don't work. The moment you get the update, that computer will start to do what it's designed to do. We all need this update. Because the old one is obsolete. Luke 22, 20 through 21. After supper, this is Jesus at the Last Supper. He took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant, hallelujah, which is blood, right? Ultimate sacrifice between God and his people. An, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And we saw how he's continually doing that up in heaven with the Father. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it, is, for it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? The disciples began to ask each other which of them would ever do such thing. Think, what does that have to do with what you're talking about, Pastor Paul? How many times have we abandoned the new covenant of God turned our back on it and said, I'll figure it out on my own. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, am I really betraying Christ? In many ways, we do. We betray him. I mean, imagine God in his sovereignty sending a son into becoming the creation, the creator into the creation. Man. He did it for us. And yet we have all these opportunities, all these struggles, all of these things where we have things missing and broken in our lives and we turn our back to the covenant of God which would deliver us every single time. Galatians 3, 23 through 29. Before the way of Christ was available to us, pagans, hallelujah, we were placed under guard by the... You hate it when you're called a pagan, don't you? I mean, it's like, man, Pastor Paul, why you got to say that for? You got to make it clear. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we were made right with God through faith in Christ, Right? And now the way of faith has come. And we no longer need the law as our guardian. I'll tell you one thing I know about the law is I don't know a single person who ever lived every single one of those commandments except for Jesus. But even in modern day, I still don't know of anybody. The Bible says, judge lest you be judged. So be careful out there, right? No, if that person is, is, is serving the Lord, they believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, let's don't judge them. Give them a hand. Hey, let me show you something else. See what I mean? 
So we got to get that clear in our minds as well. It says, for you are all, hallelujah, children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like the armor of God or a cloak. Many times they wore a cloak in the Old Testament, which was representative of the anointing and the anointed one. That's what Jesus is when you hear that word Christ. It says there is no longer Jew or, or pagans or Gentiles, slave or free, male or female, black or white. doesn't make any difference any longer. You are the direct descendants of Abraham himself, or, yeah, of Abraham, and prior to that, Adam and Eve. Hard to imagine in this crazy world we're living in, but that's where you got to renew your mind and go, well, wait a second here. It's not about what divides us, it's about what holds us together in this brand new covenant in Christ. Hallelujah. Man, so much more I could say, but out of time. It says, you are the true children of Abraham. You are heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. Difficult thing to do when you're in an obstacle. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other commandments are summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's There's so much we want to do. So much we want to write. So much we want to, to do in the natural realm. But you must begin with the end in mind. And the end in mind is that I walk in the divine new covenant of Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, favor, blessing, increase, dominion, power, authority. Listen, all power has been given to Christ and God now shares his glory with us, his people. This is transformational. This changes your life. This renews a right spirit inside of you where nothing will make sense up here but boy, you'll know you'll have such a peace inside of you to go, this is the truth that's making me free. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to experience is to let go and let God. But here I am. Closing scripture, Romans 16, 17. And now I make one more appeal, my brothers and sisters, that's all you. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things that are contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Hang up the phone. Defriend them. Get away from them. Let them live their life. That's their choice. Praise the Lord. Grace of God is sufficient for them too. But listen, I am not going to participate with people who want to undermine the covenant of God 
If you're going to come to me and ask me what you should do about a problem in your life, I'm going to point you to the covenant of God. Sometimes I want to grab you by the back of the head and just shove your head right in the Word. What does it say? You gave your life to Jesus Christ. Well, now it's time to do it once and for all. God is not a God of experiences. He is the God of the experience. And I tell you, you know, we're going to have eternity with him, and there's a whole lot more that needs to happen. But praise the Lord, I'm going to take all I can get right here, right now. And I'm going to see, listen, if it says in God's word, I'm going to see if it will be active in my life through my faith. Hold your ground. Get your hearts right with people. Get in love. God is love. God shared his love with you and made a better promise for you. It's time to close the old and praise the Lord. Walk on into the new promises of God for your life. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for every person in this room. I thank you and those watching, Father God, out there. I thank you for touching their hearts this morning. Thank you for causing them to see the incredible covenant that we have through our Father. The old is gone, and behold, everything has become new, Father God, in Jesus. I thank you for the blood of Christ, and I thank you, Father God. It doesn't just stop us from sinning. We're sinful-natured people. But hallelujah, it removes, Father God, the influence of that sin. Cause us to become better in everything we do. Cause us to see, Father God, the love you can only give. May we receive that love through your covenant for us, your children, adopted through your divine nature. Some of you in this room need to get your hearts right with God. Some of you out there watching need to get your hearts right with God. Now is the time to do that. Now is the time to turn the page. Now's the time to allow the divine nature of God to rule and govern your life through the covenant that Jesus has given to, to you. I want you to say this prayer together with me. I want you to mean it with all your heart. Don't worry about the details of what you're going to do tomorrow or the next day. Just walk by faith and knowing that you have given your life to Jesus Christ. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen, amen. Keep your heads bowed for a moment. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart, just slip your hand up just between you and God. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah, I see that hand. Hallelujah. Put your hands down. Open your eyes, looking around. It's time for us to stand up as men and women of God, operating in a brand new covenant. I'm no longer what I was, praise the Lord. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what? The world isn't going to like it. But praise the Lord, I'm not here to please the world. I'm here to please the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's welcome Pastor Barb.